from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to Superiority Complex, everyone, your new favorite podcast. We're back. It's another quarantine edition of the podcast. We're all far apart, but together in our hearts. Right, guys? You betcha. Don't all answer at once there. We got uh, John Sandy. Yo. We got uh, Patrick. Hi. We've got Handsome Dan Handsome himself, Jake. Hi. And the lovely, last but not least, the lovely Justine. Hi, Justine. Hi. Hi. Justine wasn't with us last week. Nope. Are you okay, Justine? I'm great. Do you want do you want to give us a little bit of that uh uh do you want to give us your review or do you want to wait till we get to the digital movie club portion of the uh, of of um, the of the show? What do you want to do? How do you want to do? I can do it really quick. All right, wait, Lethal we, Weapon Two. Uh-huh. We okay, so we we watched Lethal Weapon Two last week, and we watched mm-hmm. um, Lethal Weapon Two, and we watched um, Lethal Weapon Two. Who frames? And we watched what? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Which was your request, and you weren't here for it. <laughs> All right, I was what, excited for it. Uh, well, let's go to that one first. Did you did you love watching it again? I. Probably watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit once a year. So nice, nice, and, and this was so. This is a big deal for you. You lit some candles. You probably got a nice dinner. <laughs> you did something nice for yourself, right? Bubbles in the pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, you sat down and you watched it. What did you rank Who Framed Roger Rabbit? An eight. Gave it an eight, even right though you on. watch it once a year. You still an eight. Okay, that's that's solid though. Yeah. For you, that's solid. It's a fun movie. Not like the best movie. It's just fun, mm-hmm. creepy, creepy, creepy paper. fun. Uh, nice. Okay. What's your, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite part? Um, I don't know. There's a lot. <laughs> By the- um, I kind of like when they sh- when he shoots it and all the bullets start talking to each other, and <laughs> there's just like some things that I've never seen before. At least at that point when I first saw it, um, seeing something like that, seeing the baby having this dark, like this deep man voice. <laughs> I never seen that before when I was a kid, you know, so that's fun. Um, the movie is just a fun movie and they did a good job between animation and um, real life stuff. And and it's just, yeah, it's fun to watch. Even uh, the car is kind of cool. And then speaking yeah, speaking of maybe. which, uh, we want to give a special birthday shout out to someone very special. It's their birthday today. Talking, of course, about Mickey Mouse. Uh, his birthday today. Your November. birthday is on the same day as Mickey Mouse? What are you saying, John? I'm talking about Mickey the Mouse. Mickey the Mouse's birthday Mickey is today. Mouse. Mickey the Mouse. <laughs> you want to see Mickey the Mouse? Today's, today's Mickey Mouse's birthday. For real. That is for real. That is an actual thing. So your birthday falls on Mickey Mouse's birthday. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's Mickey Mouse's birthday today. But today is so your birthday. Mickey, so it's Mickey Mouse's birthday. It is my birthday, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact that it's Mickey Mouse's birthday. Happy birthday, Mario. <laughs> it sounds like you don't want to talk about the fact that it's your birthday today. I don't mind it. It's just an it's. But as the great Oingo Boingo once said, it's just another day. 
it's Is just that right, shared with say that? It's just another day. Uh, happy birthday, although to, uh, although happy birthday to uh, to my to my nephew. It's his birthday today. Uh, my great nephew. We share a birthday, and uh, uh, Bobo's son, Bobo, my friend Bobo, his only son. It's his birthday today. So a lot of birthdays today. Wow. Uh, and yeah. Mickey Mouse. Shout out to my friend Minerva. She's a goddess. Uh, there you go. How about that? Lots of birthdays today. Uh, but Mickey Mouse being the most important. Uh, it is my birthday. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Uh, just to uh, sidetrack in a second, John sent me a really cool gift, and I'm going to post a picture of it. He sent me the Escape from New York soundtrack. It's uh, remastered on vinyl. It's a two LP set, and the cover is awesome. It's got this awesome cover art. It's got a great fold out, and uh, there's a booklet inside. So uh, look for that. And it's on what is the name of the company, John? Let me have it right here in front of me. It is. I think uh, it's Wax Track. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's fantastic. Really, really good. The cover right. art, the back cover, the back cover is a picture of the cab, and inside there's some really great art too. So, um, really, really cool. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. And John sent me a a really cool Chewbacca sticker and a or a Chewbacca card, which is awesome. A little 3D uh, Chewbacca card, and then a Fernando Valenzuela Saint Fernando, a San Fernando sticker. So awesome, really cool stuff. Always excited to get a package from John, from John Sandy. So uh, if uh, John gives the best gift, he does. And if uh, if I don't sound excited, it's because I'm feeling a little under the weather. Uh, I'm convinced it's not COVID, but I'm also convinced it is COVID. So uh, it's an uh, it's an open window. It's a yeah. I don't know what it is, but uh, I'm feeling a little off today. But we're gonna we're gonna trudge through. Uh, and we're going to celebrate my birthday in style by uh, because we have a special surprise for Justine today. She doesn't know it, but it's all going to roll into my birthday celebration. But before we get to that, let's get her her second uh, her I'm sorry. Let's get her opinion on her second film, uh, Lethal Weapon Two. <laughs> Lethal Weapon Two. Justine, take it away. Um, boys, boys, boys. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> My favorite part of the film was the bathroom scene. <laughs> yes. It was hilarious. Such I a enjoyed good scene. it a lot. They honestly could have made that the whole movie and I would have been okay with it. Oh, wow. Um, I like them between each other. Like, it's funny. I like um, the whole thing with his daughter. That was funny. Um, the only thing was is I wanted him to be more badass, Donald Glover, but... Danny Glover. Um, oh, because he's okay. a little—he's an older guy, so he's not quite the badass. But uh, yeah, but he can yeah, hold his own. I wanted him to be more of the badass, but I guess to in this film, um, being a badass meant you didn't care about your life. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I get fine, fine, <laughs> but I honestly—if there was no bathroom scene like that, I don't think I would have cared for the film. So. Wow. Yeah. That really that that was the heart of the film for you, huh? Yeah, it was funny. I mean, at that point, I was like, "This is a comedy, not yeah, an action film." It's very much a comedy. Yeah, that's right. It's very much a comedy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and then you see the bomb thing on the bottom of the or the yeah behind the toilet. And the, the toilet hits the cab. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. He goes to the bathtub. Yeah, the whole thing is funny. Um. I give Lethal Weapon to a six. Okay, a six and an eight for uh, uh, for Lethal Weapon, and then for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, 
So yeah, la- write down the scores. So last week, Justine, you missed out on some news. And um, this is my this is actually right now being able to tell you this and you not knowing this because you haven't listened to the podcast. This is really my birthday present right here. So um, wh- what had happened was we, as you know, Justine, uh, mo- a lot I of I my- already heard it. Oh, you did? I heard it ah! say, and I was already pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to talk about Damn it. Listen. You robbed me. You robbed me of my joy. Well, I worked the next day. I think I worked like a 4 a.m. So I already listened to it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't text you because it was so early. And then, you know what? I was like, I'm not even going to say anything. <laughs> Walk us through your so, reaction. Walk mad. us through it. Walk us through it. Um, I was listening. You were talking about um, you were talking about how. Oh, and then they give you this. And then there's some movies that are attached. I'm like, why? Is, what is what's the point in their story? And it keeps going, and I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 no. Nope, 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 nope. And then you say it, and you're like, yeah. You're like, so now we own this and this. And I was like, ugh. And then, and then you go, well, it's Lily Pot's favorite um, Roger, like she likes Roger Moore. We should see if she wants to do this. And I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and it keeps going. And then you've, I well, I heard from um, Nicole what she said, and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my wife already ruined this. She ruined the surprise. Oh, no, she knew. She found out that I already knew about. Oh. I was talking to her and, I, and she's like, have you listened? I was like, yeah, I have. She's like, oh, okay. Does Mario know? I'm like, nope, nobody knows. Okay. So, so did she tell you what the lily pot said? Yes, she told me. Oh, like, all of my joy has been robbed. Oh, what yes. the heck? So well, let me give you, let me give you, there's a little bit of joy to be mine from this. So let me make the announcement. <sighs> so we consulted with the lily pot since it was her birthday last week. We let her choose, and she has decided that we are going to watch all of the Bond movies, including the yes! Pierce, including the Pierce Brosnan era. So I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that I know, you know, people like uh, Brent and uh, Michael Bagford, and I know Pat Francis have been pushing for us to do all of the James Bond movies. So for whatever reason, those movies have been the ones that everybody has been interested in, whether or not we're going to do them all. Or whether or not we were going to leave some off. Um, and again, this I was supposed to, this was supposed to be movies that I own digitally. That was the original plan, so that's why they weren't all included um, because I would kind of cherry pick the Bond movies. But uh, you know, the, the Lily Pot has spoken, and also we will be adding Never Say Never Again, and we'll do that when we do View to a Kill. John, the answer to her question, we knew this. Lily Pot had already mentioned that View to a Kill was her favorite and that we raked her over the coals for it on a previous episode. So, wow. So there you go. Why is it her favorite? Why is it her favorite? Uh, probably cause that's, you know, she, she was born in the eighties. So that's, that's probably the, but maybe the first one that ah. she was exposed to. Uh, but why yeah. isn't it? It's got Grace Jones and Christopher Walken in a blimp. And the, uh, oh, and the, Eif- and the Eiffel tower. Is and right, and is the, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. And then say the famous line, John. That's quite a view. To a kill. <laughs> hey. 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 Hey, so Mario. 
yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea that all these other people were pushing for those other ones. Oh yeah, Goldeneye was. People were incensed that we were going to skip Goldeneye. They said if you do one, you got to. Couldn't believe. Uh, last week I couldn't believe my ears when you said we're going to watch the Pierce Brosnan. I was like, wow. You well, hate the Pierce Brosnan. I do, but I said maybe, depending on what Lillipot said. So, Justine, just so you know, I got taken down in this, too. Because to me, this... Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> to- oh, no. You have to watch Pierce Brosnan, too? Yes, I do. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. For you. Mm-hmm. For you. I sense a lot of sarcasm from her. Have Justine... <laughs> I'm going to let you know there's going to be at least one more Roger Moore movie that I think you're going to like. Oh, no. God, the whole movie's like in slow motion with him when he runs. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not a selling point for you? (laughs) No. Uh, He's so, you just don't believe it. It's so, it's just not, you're not Bond. It doesn't make sense. Aren't you that guy? Who is Bond? That guy from uh, what is it? Knight Rider, Remington Steel. What is it? (laughs) Who is Bond to you, Justine? Who is Bond? Um, I don't know yet. I have like two favorites, but I don't. I I mean, I don't really see it as a Bond movie, except for they say his name is Bond. But you're you're talking about Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton and and Her Majesty's Secret Service. The two least like, uh, you know, yeah, those are atypical Bond movies. So uh, you you tend to like the ones that go against the formula. So you you are definitely going to like the Daniel Craig's then, I think. think Well, they're certainly tough. He's definitely a badass. If she wants badassery, (laughs) he's got it in spades. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so so we're excited. We're going to watch all those. We're going to we're going to see them all. Yeah, John, they were there. People were pushing for Goldeneye, especially. Uh, but uh, who knows? I might watch it again and love it. Yeah, maybe you'll watch Diamonds Are Forever and love it. Never. <laughs> I'm excited. Shut up, Patrick. Uh, um, no, it's fine. No, I love it. I'm excited. So we are going to watch ne- Never Say Never Again. Never, never say never again. Great. Never Great. not say never again. <laughs> Forced to watch a franchise you don't even like. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> right? Life for you. For you. So for next week, uh, well, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But remember, we're going to do, uh, we are going to do um, uh, Never Say Never Again. So we'll have to do that with, it's going to be. It makes me so much happier that she actually listened to the show. <laughs> uh, did that run the same year? That ran the same year as View to a Kill. Yeah, right? so we're gonna watch. We're, we're gonna put those two together. We're gonna put those yeah, two together. They kind of, kind of compared them. And the great thing is, a James Bond double feature. Oh no, no. Guess what? There's gonna be two James Bond double features because that's the way we're gonna have to do it. Oh, is it two weeks back to back? We well, let's not do a whole month. Let's. Uh... <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> uh, I can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know what? Also, seems like. My my eyes have just glazed over. No. Mine eyes have seen the glory. Do 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 do. Uh, there you go, Justine. Anybody? Anybody? Any? Anybody? Anybody? Hello, hello. Is this thing on? 
Hello. Hello. Uh, so happy birthday to me. We're going to be Justine watching this podcast. I love it. That's such a good gift. I was dreading this show. I was like, I don't know. Merry fucking talk about Christmas, it. everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry it's our gift to you, making fucking. Justine. We should do it the two weeks of Christmas. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no. That'll be our Christmas episode. It's so wonderful. It's no. the most wonderful time of the year. I don't hate, I don't hate the holidays anymore, guys. And Justine watching James Bond. It's the most <laughs> wonderful time of the year. John, who tells ghost stories at Christmas time? I ask you this every year. I know. I, it's got to be like an old tradition. Like It's got to be like way back. You know, who tells ghost stories on Christmas Eve? There'll be scary That's ghost stories. And, yeah, who knows that? Unless they're talking about Christmas well, Carol. Yeah, Unless yeah they're, they're talking about Christmas Carol. Oh, is that what it is? Theory. Is that what it is? Yeah. It seems like it. To me, that I is. Think, I think uh, a Christmas Carol is a throwback to an earlier time where you actually did tell ghost stories on Christmas Eve. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see if Siri knows. Hey, Siri. Hello, Keep Siri. I'm on the phone. Hang on. Hello, hello. Siri. Siri. What is all this about ghost stories on Christmas Eve? Alexa, who tells ghost stories on Christmas Eve? Hmm. I see. So she she doesn't know either. She doesn't know either. She just said. <laughs> 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 Fucking useless bitch. Siri, why didn't you just say that? Uh, oh, that was Alexa. Yeah, that right. was Alexa. Maybe Siri knows. Anybody? We can't check Siri. We're all on the phone. Yeah, we're all on the phone. I see. Uh, does anyone have any luck getting their their hands on a new PS5 or Xbox console? Nope, and I'm I'm waiting until things kind of calm down and they iron out some of the problems first. I'll tell you what I what I did pick up in lieu of the new PS5. I picked up the Miles Morales game. Wow, wow, fun! I heard it's great. It's great. Picks up right where the other. If you played the other uh, Insomniac Spider-Man game that came out a couple of years ago, it picks up where it leaves, it leaves off. Uh, young Miles Morales is now taking up the mantle of uh, Spider-Man, and it is a lot of fun. Really great combat. Looks beautiful. Great story. Um, they've done a really great job. Very true to the character. Really, really great. So if you haven't picked it up, it's a PS. It's a PlayStation exclusive, but if you're a Spider-Man fan, it's a no-brainer. It's fantastic. That's my product plug for the week. Do you guys have any pl- anything you want to plug before we get into the uh, movie, movie club? Uh, the crown is back. I saw that. My wife is excited. My wife is excited about that. She's been watching that. Uh, and how old is uh, is uh, Queen Elizabeth now? Like, what era is this? Uh, Princess Di. They just got married. Okay, so this is like the... Mar- she hasn't died yet. So this is like the Margaret right. Thatcher era. This is like the, the Thatcher era. We're doing the yeah, lady Yeah, she's Di- in there right now. Okay. Who, who's mm-hmm. playing Margaret Thatcher? What do I think of her? No, I said who's playing no. her. Oh, I don't know. Some okay. British person. Oh, makes <laughs> sense. Oh, I think it's um I think Gillian 
there's some movie where Gillian Anderson, Gillian Anderson's going to play uh, Margaret Thatcher. Wow. Really? Uh, from X-Files. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe um, that's her. I don't know if it's the crown or if there's like a movie coming out, but she's going to play okay, Margaret Thatcher. Google it. I got it. Google it. Is it Gillian Anderson or Gillian Anderson? It's Gillian. Oh, I did watch um, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. I've heard that was fantastic. How was it? <laughs> it was pretty funny. I enjoyed it. Those Lego, the, the, the Lego productions have really good sense of humor. The, all their games are fantastic. So They do. Uh, well, I'm not going to say anything. All I know is that there's a Lego I want, but I don't know if they'll actually made it. They'll make it, but it's in the film. You'll well, see. I'll have to watch it. Uh, Amanda was is that a game or a show? Uh, Mandalorian. I made. I made. I made a very controversial Facebook post that got about three views, and I, I, I've decided that the Mandalorian is always better than I expect it to be, but never as good as I want it to be. Well, yeah. I mean, it's what? it's it's like the you're getting just the tail end of a Star Wars movie. You want the whole thing, but you're getting just a taste. Well, I think I just feel like a lot of it. I don't know. I, I want it to be better sometimes. Sometimes it always leaves me disappointed. But yes, if you are a fan of the Clone Wars or Rebels, there's a lot of payoffs this week. Um, and uh, we heard mentioned someone, a, a major character from the Clone Wars, will be. It looks like they're going to be making a live action appearance on the show sometime. They were mentioned. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is interesting. This is interesting. So hopefully it. Spoke Tana. Hey, hey, hey! Spoilers, bro. Back with the monkeys, we're just monkeying around. Spoilers, bro. Spoilers. <laughs> we, there, Spoilers, we always... bro. <laughs> Justine, did Spoilers, you? Spoilers, bro. Justine, did you track down who's playing the queen on the crown? No, it's Margaret uh, Thatcher. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm Alexa, who is playing so Margaret people. Thatcher on the crown? Funny. Alexa, it's my birthday. Julian Anderson. Happy birthday. If you'd like, ask her to sing happy birthday and we'll celebrate. Hold on. Alexa, sing me happy birthday. Okay, let's do this. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know. I mean, that's not sad oh. at all. <laughs> Alexa, uh, yes. thank you. You bet Mario. Happy Wednesday. Alexa, <laughs> you're my best friend. <laughs> Again, also sad. Wow. That makes me smile. <laughs> this is the most Not pathetic a, thing yeah, I've ever heard. Too. Alexa, sing Las Mañanitas for my birthday. I can't find the song Las Mañanitas from my birthday. Mañanitas. Mañanitas. Such a It sounds like a really good, uh, some beer you've never heard of. I'm drinking the Mañanitas uh, pale ale. Oh, uh, oh, oh Mañanitas. I would be asking Alexa if she knew, uh, put another candle on your birthday cake. Alexa, play Put Another Candle on Your Birthday Cake by Sheriff John. Here's a station for you based on the song Put Another Candle. Alexa, stop. 
And this is why we don't worry about the machines taking over. This is this has been oh, fun with Alexa. By uh, I love it. <laughs> no, that's like that's like when the, that makes me think of Jack Warden when he's stuck on that planet with that robot Gene Marsh, <laughs> and then they say we can take you back, but you'll have to re- leave the robot behind. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And he's falling in love with the robot. Uh, the robot. The robot. Oh, I love the it. The robot guys. Uh, so thanks for singing Alexa. That was great and weird. It felt weird having somebody please sing to me. Please pay attention. Please notice me. <laughs> and hey, uh, you're hey. always asking us to pay attention to you. That is that, this whole podcast is just a des- group, desperate cry for attention. Uh, and so far, after seven years, highly unsuccessful. <laughs> I might add. <laughs> what was what was it that? Uh, George Carlin said that the job of a class clown is, hey, everyone, dig me. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's it. Oh, well, that's it. That was a conversation killer. No, no, no. I love it. I loved it. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) Guys, it's time for the George Carlin. It's it's time for the uh, digital movie club theme. Hold on. Alexa, play the 20th Century Fox fanfare. Nope. We could have said. I thought, for, I thought for sure she was going to say that is copyrighted, and we are not allowed to sing it to you, Mario. Hmm. Is she? Is she trying Digital to do movies? it? <laughs> Digital movies. Digital movies. Alexa, stop. How about that? That was my that was my that was my impression impressionation. That was my impersonation of um, what's your name again? Of Patrick. Thanks. Did, did impersonation. It, did it feel good not to have the pressure on you? Yeah, it kind of felt nice for once this week. Yeah. I didn't have to stress. That's my gift to you. <laughs> That's my gift to you. Dude, Christmas came early twice today. Like shit. Well, we know from a really horrible James Bond movies that Christmas only comes once a year. That's right. <laughs> well, they're skiing. Isn't that the one where they're all skiing down the mountainside with the girls? Uh, we're going to watch a Disney. We're, no, I'm not Disney. We're going to watch a James Bond movie with Denise Richards in it. Remember when that was a good idea? All right, guys. Let's talk about okay. it. It's Digital Movie Club time. Two movies heavy with snappy dialogue 1982's yeah. Diner and 1989's When Harry Met Sally. And we are going to do Diner first because this is one of John Sandy's favorite movies. If not, is this your favorite movie, John? Uh, it's in my top ten. If I was going to a desert island and I had to pick ten movies, this would always be in one of the. This would be one of the ten. What sure. is it? What is it about this movie that draws you to the? That puts it in your top ten. It's mostly just the dialogue. It's like a good. It's like Neil Simon. You know, it's, it's just a lot of witty banter and a lot of. Just hanging out and talking. There's not much plot to this movie. It's mostly people sitting in uh, in diners and coffee shops, just you know, just uh, just witty repartee. I don't know. I could just watch it forever. Beautiful. Now, Patrick, give us the breakdown. 
1982 movie released on March 5th, uh, directed by one Barry Levinson, got a 7.1 on IMDb, 93% on Rotten Tomato, with a budget of $5 million, gross $14 million worldwide. Very nice. Very notorious scene. This movie was famous for a particular scene in the 80s, and I'm pretty sure you can figure out which it was, which scene that which was. One? It was the football quiz, of course. But um, let's start with Justine. Justine, you're having a rough week. Uh, <laughs> it's, things aren't looking good for you right now, but hopefully this movie brought a little sunshine into your life. Uh, let's talk about, let's taco about it. Um, I struggled with this film because when it ended, I was like, wait, what? How about, what happened? <laughs> it was more of like, a, did someone get better in the end? Like what? Was I there? I couldn't. Like he said, like, I, I don't think there was a plot. I don't really know. Like there was some like bad things I saw that I didn't really care for. But um, like what? Um, like. I don't know the guy's name, but the guy from Home Alone. Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife fighting and him with her throughout the whole movie was so hard to watch. It was so hard to watch. Yeah. You're just so upset and like, oh. We love it. We love it, it was cringy. When he was yelling at her about his records, I just, and she snaps back and I'm like, hell yeah. But then it, she just reverts back down. So we're like, ah, oh, the times. Um, that was hard to watch for me. Mm-hmm. And then, well, as someone who alphabetizes his, used to alphabetize his CDs that way. I didn't see any problem with that scene. Shit. Me and John are always like, "Yeah, don't touch my records." That's me and John always get that. We 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 really emphasize <laughs> that character, right, John? I, well, I love how it's like it's alphabetic, alphabetical, and chronological, and. And what? <laughs> and by genre. <laughs> I love that. Because I don't give a shit. I just want to play some music. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, jazz, jazz, jazz. He just starts yelling. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. Um, I've never seen majority of those guys that young before. Mm-hmm. It's a huge cast. Yep. Huge, huge cast. I love all of them. So the part that was confusing for me was I was rooting for this to be do really well. I wanted to love it because I love the actors. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like just lost. I I watched this four times because I was confused on what the film was about. Wow. Wow. That's heavy. <laughs> I just was confused. I was confused. I watched it over and over and I was like, no, this is what I thought it was. I'm like, no, it can't be. And I would watch it again. Um, <laughs> Wow! So you, you were really tried. You were, but you know that's cool, Justine. I'm, I'm laughing, but you are <laughs> you are the practice. you are the opposite of me. Where I would have been like, you know what? I didn't hate this, but let me revisit it. But not right now. I wouldn't have done it four times in a row. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? I did, and I was like, okay. So then I even read. I had to Wikipedia it and read. I read the plot, and I was like, I'm still confused. And then. I read the trivia on it about the guys and how they wanted them to get. So they never shot any of those diner films, like the diner scenes, until they all knew each other really. They wanted it to be more natural with the dialogue. And um, I was also reading how Kevin Bacon's not good at that. So you don't see him improvise as much as the the other boys did. And he said that it felt like it was good for him because that 
was his character mm-hmm. to be like that. Um, so I read all this stuff about it, and yet I was still just like, even now I'm still confused. Like I kind of wanted to rewatch it one more time just to. Wow, you should. You know, Justine. Justine, it's kind of like uh, how they used to say about uh, Seinfeld, the TV show, how it's not really about anything. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of just, you know, it's just these characters sort of behaving, but it's not really about anything. And I think that's the way it was with Diner. It's just sort of like a week in the life. And it's it's these guys that are trying to grow up, but they still act like kids. You know, they're getting married. They're moving on. They're going to college, but they still act like a bunch of kids. Yeah. And it's not really it's not really about anything. And this will make you feel better. Um when they showed a rough cut of this to the executives at MGM, the first thing they said is, well, what's this about? I don't think this is about <laughs> anything. And then the other thing they said is, can you cut out that whole scene where they're arguing over the roast beef sandwich? Because it kind of slows the movie down. And the director said, that is, that's a key scene. That's what, that is what the movie's about. The, the way these guys interact. It's all about it's all no, in that I, scene. The way they I love that <laughs> scene. I love that scene. I love the scene when they're watching the guy eat and they're cheering. <laughs> <laughs> He's eating the whole left side of the menu. Yeah. Yeah. I told you. He's I eating the left side. Over. Um, <laughs> most of the scenes I liked happened in the diner. Um, and it's just them just kind of goofing around. And, and then I love the part when, um, and when he wants to ride home, also. Oh, are you, are you, which way are you going? Are you going that way, or, or? Yeah, he's like, no, I can just wait for the guys to leave. And like, honestly, I just felt like laughing, like every time I saw that. But, um, no, I didn't really and see you- rope. I didn't see like, I didn't see a conclusion to her and him and both of them being married. Her and um, I already forgot his name. There's no resolution. There's no, like, uh, there's nothing. Yeah, there's, there's no, no finale. I don't, yeah, I just felt so, like, at the end of the movie, I was just so unsatisfied. I didn't understand why I was so unsatisfied. Because I was so happy about everybody. But yet I yeah. was confused. I was just confused. I what? think it's just supposed to be a, a snapshot. And you know who's the best at that improv? If Kevin Bacon was the worst, the guy who did the best was uh, Paul Reiser. They said he just pulled yeah. this stuff out of the air. You know? It's funny, yeah. Well, because yeah. he he was also a he was a comedian. He was a stand up, so you see a lot of that. Yeah, coming out. I was, I was really happy to see all of them. Um, I loved all of them growing up. I've, but they were always adults already by the time I was watching them on TV. So this was the first time I saw them really, really young. Like yes. Kevin Bacon. I've never seen him that young before. Yes. Plus, you had an Animal House. You had seen him in Animal House that young. He was younger. Oh, I don't remember. But you know, it's, this is the first time that any of these guys had a lead role. Mickey Rourke had been in a couple things, but no, none of these guys had had a lead oh role God, in a he movie. He looks so different than so handsome, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened. It made me want to read his life and be like, plastic "What happened to you?" <laughs> no, it wasn't plastic surgery. He, he, he boxing. He went. He became. Boxing, he yeah. got into boxing. Boxing. See you real quick. Um, yeah, well, Steve Gutenberg looks like he's about seven, and I always yeah. forget. <laughs> And I always forget that Tim Daly's in this. I always forget that. Oh, my God. And his dance moves are so good. He's so good at dancing. (laughs) Oh, Steve Gutenberg? Yeah. (laughs) With the stripper? Uh, I do like that scene. That is a good scene. Uh, He's like, kind of pushing her out of the way. (laughs) Well, people forget Steve Gutenberg was hot 
for like the mid eighties. He he had a he had a yeah, he, was. He, uh, he was a big police academy. Yeah. Yes. He was big in the police academy. And, three men and a baby. And three men and a baby. Yeah. Yep. He did a lot of but stuff. Like watching this film, you don't really like love him. Um, no, because he's, he's a, a schmuck. Because he's a little bit of a schmuck. A schmuck. <laughs> and I guess the guy uh, Levinson, he got that idea about the test because he knew somebody who did that in real life. Wow, that's crazy. The 175. It's funny because he said when they were shooting this in Baltimore, because uh, he's from Baltimore, and he said all the time on the set these people would come around and go, you know, I Boogie's based on me. I'm really I'm, I'm Boogie. I'm the guy that he's basing him on. You know. <laughs> And Levinson said nobody is specific to a guy that he knew. It's just that they all kind of had these personality traits. And he said probably they're all based a little bit on him at different yes. times in his life, you know. <laughs> yeah, I read that. I love it. Uh, I, so, but so just seeing you, what this tells me is you want to like this movie. I want to. You liked elements of it. But you wanted it to be more of a beginning. You wanted to have more of a beginning and an end. And I think you. Touched, I don't even know what I want from the movie anymore. You touched on something though when you when you said that the, you know there was no re, uh, resolution with Ellen Barkin and, and Daniel Stern, and I think that's part of what that's part of the the the, the greatness and the sadness of this movie is. You know those characters are gonna they're gonna keep on in that marriage, you know, because that's just the kind of the, 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 the that's the, the era that it was, and she's just gonna have to keep putting up with his crappy attitude about records and like, you know, there's that, that other scene that's really telling with them is when uh, Tim Daly sees the guy outside the movie theater and punches him and she keeps asking who that was and, and everybody kind of ignores her. And then yeah. Daniel, he finally answers her in the car, but it shows you where his, his importance is it's, still with his friends. His friends are still his priority. His friends well, and his throughout the whole movie too. I mean, cause I had to keep rewatching it. So I already saw where it was kind of like, I, I saw how it was happening and how they were showing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole thing was just, oh, so irritating to watch. I could not. I mean, he it. hasn't grown up. He's he's married and he still hasn't moved on. He's still hanging out with the boys. He hasn't grown up yet, you know. And it seems yeah. like he's the first guy to get married, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, there's that interesting. There's yeah, there's that interesting thing where you find out that, you know, he had dated Mickey or she had dated Mickey Rourke's character. And then you're ready she for everyone. You're, yeah, you're ready, but you're ready for you're ready for Mickey Mork, Mickey Mork, <laughs> Mickey Mork from Mork, Mickey Rourke to do the wrong thing, and he doesn't. He ends up being kind of like, you know, it looks like he's going to go through with it, and he's like, he can't go through with everything that he's going to go through with. So there's kind of like a little redemption for his character, which I like. Um, and then he ends up. He really with, surprises you with that. Yeah, like after, you for sure think he's going to do the wrong. Yeah, thing. and then because you're like, oh god, this where's this going to go? And then, then you know, you, he ends up with the Jane Chisholm of the Chisholm Trail. So you know, <laughs> what fucking Chisholm Trail? That's such a great. That's such a great line. What does Steve Gutenberg say when he gets back in the car? He's like, do you ever get the feeling you, you that get the feeling there's something going on here that we can't <laughs> quite figure out? <laughs> That's such a great line. Uh, well, Justine, I'm glad that you at least you didn't hate it right off the bat, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to give this another shot. I felt I felt like I couldn't hate it because I love the actor so much, and it just bothered me. Well, oh. four times you really gave it. A, you gave it an effort. You really tried to crack it. I'll well, what I say is, there are movies. Like, look, we we talked about this with Lawrence of Arabia. This is a movie for me that. I've gone back to it many times because there's so much I like about it. But in the end, I'm always left feeling 
it's it's very distant to me, especially because of the way it's because he's such a, an unsympathetic character that I enjoy the movie for the element. I enjoy the you know, Anthony Quinn's character, and I enjoy you know the the cinematography and all that. But I can never love it the way I love other movies from that period. You know, I know I don't love it the way I love you know. To Kill a Mockingbird, or or you know some of the other big like you know these big fifties and sixties epics, I can't, I don't love it as much as I love those other movies because of that. And so this could be the the lack of a plot could be the thing that keeps you from absolutely loving the movie, even though you like things about it. You know, yeah. you don't hate it completely because I've all uh, you know, and I'll always go back to Lawrence of Arabia and try to rewatch it and go, well, let me see if I can crack it this time. Maybe this time. Something will come through where I love it, you know, and and I like it more and more every time I see it. But it's never a complete, uh, it's never a complete win for me, you know. So that that could just be the case with you, and that's okay. That happens in movies sometimes, um, you know. We're gonna we're gonna see some of those. It's in- kind of a, you know, it, it took me three tries to crack uh, the Big Lebowski. I couldn't figure out why everyone loved it so much. It took me like three tries to crack it, you know. I just thought I'm never gonna get why people love this movie. And it finally happened, but three times I had to sit through that thing. Yeah, it's weird, right? Sometimes things just yeah. don't. You know, a good example of a, a movie that I didn't, I did not catch completely the first time is uh, Wes Anderson's first movie, Bottle Rocket. I saw it on Siskel and Ebert. It looked hilarious, and I was ready for the the rest of the movie to look like what I had seen on Siskel and Ebert. And they picked literally the most slapsticky scene in the whole movie, and the rest of the movie is nothing like that. And so when yeah. we, when I rented it, I was like, "What? What am I watching?" And then for some reason, one night it was going to be on HBO, and I recorded it. And I said something about it. I just said, "I'm going to give that movie another try." And the second time I saw it, and I got it, and it's now you know like one of it's one of my favorites. But sometimes that happens, you know. But like yeah. I said, Justine, I wouldn't have gone right back four times in a row. I would have probably given it some time. So God <laughs> bless you, man. I hope you do that with. Yeah, uh, I hope sure. maybe maybe we'll do that with Goldeneye, huh? Huh? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't hold your breath. Ah, <laughs> uh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Patrick, what did you think of the old diner, the old diner movie by Barry Levinson? I agree a lot with Justine. Like, I, it, it definitely leaves you wanting more. Mm-hmm. Um, you want that resolution, but the characters are interesting enough that you get kind of sucked in it. Um, you can't help but watch the train wreck that is their lives because that's really what they are. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a wild train wreck. Yeah. Um, but I like that a lot of the characters were more dynamic than I thought they were going to be. Like, Kevin Bacon is incredibly smart, apparently. Uh, Mickey Rourke's character, he has that kind of redemption moment where he can, like, you know, be like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to do this because it's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. I like that there was depth to these characters. There was a lot more than I thought was going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is kind of it's kind of frustrating that like you get that kind of uh, satisfaction of like, oh, this is what happened to so and so, and this is what like you want to know more. Yeah, you want to you want you want you want them to wrap it up with a bow, and it doesn't necessarily do that. They just or like yeah, American Graffiti, give you a little tag at the end. So and so went on yeah, to exactly. yeah. Um, I kind of like it was like I was listening to the credits afterwards, and it was kind of cool because you get to hear more of like them talking to each other and just like shooting this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is this is very much what it's like to be when John and I go anywhere. 
It's very much like that. It's it's very much like, uh, hey, who do you make out to, Gene Krupa or Buddy Rich? Uh, <laughs> you know, that's got to be the line. That's got to be the line of the movie. Mathis or Sinatra, and he goes Presley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's it. That, those are the kind of conversations uh, that, uh, that that John and I would have. Uh, hey, John, uh, who who's hotter, uh, uh, Mary Jane Watson or Vicky Vale? Huh? Huh? And John would be like, movies or TV or comic books. Um, yeah. th- those are the kind of conversations you have when you. But uh, I, I, I do see a lot of uh, myself in uh, Daniel Stern's character. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel bad when I watch that scene because uh, I'm like that in a lot of with, with with stuff that doesn't matter. I'm very like. The board games need to be arranged. Have you like, ever yelled at? Have you ever yelled at Nicole? Oh, like, never, never. No, 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 no. It's it's all just with me. But being obsessed, that level but of he obsession. He gets a little bit of a redemption moment at the end where he's like, "Hey, like, let's go, you know, try and connect in just the two of us, not the guys around." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is yeah. true. That was that was nice. And it's like, nice. Yeah. I don't think it's yeah. completely lost. And uh, by right. the way, Ellen Barkin, uh, who became something of a of a sex symbol later in the eighties. But she is uh, she's perfect in this movie. Just the the right look, uh, you know. Just and, and she just and it's it's probably not easy to hold your own with that with a cast of just guys. But she really stands out, and and she does a, she doesn't she doesn't have a ton to do. But that one scene with Daniel Stern is just heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and she plays it to perfection, you know. And the whole scenes with uh, all the scenes with Mickey Rourke are just fantastic. So you got to really yeah. frustrated too that you don't get to see what his fiance looks like. Like you never oh see yeah, that's <laughs> right. Drives you crazy. That's right. They they never show her face. You're just like, what the fuck does she look like? Okay, come on, like she went through all this shit, and we don't even know what she looks like. Yeah, they just hate me. The New York Yankees. <laughs> the New York Yankees football team. I contributed that question. <laughs> I know the dad is just clueless. <laughs> I'm just trying to have some fun. Hey, you know, <laughs> uh, the wedding is off. <laughs> Jake, let's talk about it. What'd you think, buddy? Oh God, I didn't know what was going on half the time. I'm like, wait, like, is there a plot to this movie? The same <laughs> complaints that everyone else had. I'm like, is there really a plot to this movie, or is it just, or is it literally these guys just shooting the shit for an hour and forty, hour and fifty minutes, however long it went? You guys should never watch my dinner with Andre. That's what you should never watch. Oh my god! <laughs> with two guys, two guys, two dudes, <laughs> two dudes. Uh, that, it, it really threw you guys. Not having the. It, it's weird that it threw you guys. I guess maybe. I I don't know, John. Were we more used to this back in those days? I don't understand. I think I think at a certain point I just let go and I just went along for the ride. I thought this is going to be more like a character study. Nothing's really going to happen, but you're going to kind of learn what these guys are all about. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that, but I don't know if the characters are quite strong enough each individually to be a character yeah, study movie yeah. by itself. Like, I, yeah. I think that's kind of why you want that resolution at the end, because you're like, OK, well, I kind of like these dudes, but I want to know what happens. Yeah. And so you yeah. can't really you know, it's not just a straight character piece where you can be like, these people are fucking fascinating and I cannot stop watching them. It's more yeah. like I'm I'm pleasantly interested in what they're doing and what's going to happen, but I'm not invested. Uh, I'm like mildly interested in what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Jake, yeah. did you did you have problems? Did you so did you enjoy the time you spent with them or no with these characters? It was okay. It was okay. 
Yeah, it was okay. Who stood out for you? No one. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Who did you identify with? Not a single one. Guys, and we're all going to answer the same question. Which of these characters reminded you the most of Jake? I'm going to say parts of them in a couple of them. I'm going to say Paul Reiser's character. I'm going to say Paul Reiser's character from here. Are you going <laughs> to eat that sandwich? Yeah, maybe. Uh, are you, really. Which way are you going? Are you going? Are you going that way? Uh, if you don't want to, it's, um, it's not out of your way. <laughs> it's not like completely, Jake. No, no but it's, it's a not, little. No. It, it's a little bit of them. Not, not, not even remotely. <laughs> yep, I stand by that. Uh, who's who's the who's Jake, the Jake's like Jake's like Bagel, the one that bails out Mickey York. <laughs> oh yeah, Bagel. Uh, that's uh, Bagel. Uh, Patrick is definitely Patrick is definitely definitely the there are no artistic types so there's no Patrick Patrick could probably be like Patrick could probably be like the dim the the Tim Daly character just smolderingly handsome and just you know I try (laughs) (laughs) who's handsome. That's great. Who's handsome? So, Jake, you, 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 you watched it and you just were like, eh, that was it? Just eh? Yeah, it's just, it was just eh. Did you even laugh? Like, all the stuff in the diner, were you laughing at that stuff? All the all the banter at the diner? Eh. Wow. I would have thought you would have dug this. It was okay. There's nothing, I mean, uh, you also have to remember nothing. There's like, there's nothing just going Going on, yeah. You got to remember, yeah. also, John. Nobody grabbed their ass cheeks and pretend like their butt was talking. So you got to remember that. That now, that's hey, I mean, I, that, hey, that would this movie would have been at least a seven. <laughs> you know what I got to tell you? I got I got to tell you some trivia. Barry Levinson said every time they showed a rough cut to MGM executives, they were all really unhappy that it didn't look more like Porky's because mm-hmm. a year before this was Porky's, also set in the fifties with a bunch of teenagers, and they were like. Jesus, we thought we were at least going to get like another Porky's or something. And he was just, he said, I can't tell you how disappointed they were that this was not going to be another Porky's. There's no shower scene. There's no, you know, hijinks. Remember Porky's? (laughs) That was a huge movie. That movie was huge. Porky's was. But we're not talking about, you know, what's funny is uh, who who remembers that movie, you know, now? And people still talk about Diner, you know, so that goes to show you. We do. We can watch Porky's if you want. Who was in Pork? Who was in Porky's? <laughs> I, lo- I love it. Do you need it? <laughs> um, uh, Porky starred uh, Tony Chiano, Stan Mohan, Kim Cattrall, and of course Kim Cattrall, Jackie Hunter, Mark Carrier. Kim Cattrall is the only one that's still around. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, what there were like there were God, there was like three of them. It was such a hit, they cranked out two more. That's crazy. All right, let's rank this one. John Diner, Barry Levinson. Well, obviously for me, it's a 10. Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a personal thing, I guess. I just connected. Hey, Maybe don't it's because it's just these guys... It's just these guys sitting around cracking wise. You don't, Maybe I just you don't, love that you don't have thing, to you know? apologize, John. You don't, you, don't tell, you don't apologize for your score. You give it a 10. 
And these millennials no, have this. I'm not apologizing. I'm just saying, um, as I was watching it, I thought this is probably just not going to connect because there isn't much going on. It's a really odd movie. There's just not a lot of plot. So if you don't dig these guys just sitting around talking, it's not really It's not going to do anything for you. But I, I love it. And it, it's always in my top 10. Justine? I give it an eight. Wow. Hey. Was not expecting that. There you go. Uh, I don't know yet what to expect from it. I know I want to like it a lot. They have, like, there's funny parts to it. I just can't. I don't know. You're a good person, Justine. You take a lot of flack on the show, but deep down inside, you have a good heart. If that wasn't the cast, I wouldn't give it a high ranking, and I wouldn't like it at all. I think that's the key. It's a great cast. And and really, it's all about the cast because he's got all these people that go on to be bigger stars. All of them go on to be bigger stars, you know. A great yeah. cast deserves a second mention. It's like American Graffiti. All those people went on to have huge careers. So it was a very similar thing. You pick these people because they feel right. And then, my God, they all go on to, to bigger things. Uh, Patrick? Uh, it's a frustrated eight. A f- an eight frustrated eight. All right, Jake. Oh, I, wanted, high, I wanted those are high, to know those are high scores. High scores. I'll give it a five. Wow, just just uh, just punching old John Sandy right in the gut, huh? Okay. <laughs> it's not like I directed it, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give this one an eight. Uh, I always like. I uh, always, always enjoy my time. With the guys at the diner. Hey, Mario. That's nice. <laughs> Mario, I want to give you, I want to give the gang one last piece of trivia about this movie. This movie almost didn't get released because MGM couldn't figure out what the hell to do with it. They said, we have no way to market this. We don't know how to, how to do a commercial or a trailer or a poster. So they were just going to put it on the shelf and just forget about it. And what happened was one of the producers smuggled it out and showed it to Pauline Kale, who was the biggest film critic in the nation at the time. And she loved it so much. She wrote a rave review of it in the New Yorker and it, it, it went out and MGM said, well, now we got to put it out because we're going to look like schmucks. If we don't put out this movie that got a rave review in the New Yorker. <laughs> so they said, okay, we'll put it out in a couple theaters and see what happens. So if it wasn't for, for that kind of chutzpah to get this thing out so somebody could see it, and she just said, fuck it. I'm going to write a review. I don't know if you're going to put it out or not, but I think it's the best thing I've seen all year. <laughs> there you go. And now it's got 93% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. So, Suket, if you don't like it. Um, check it out, though. It's always it's like a little hidden movie. Hidden movie, 80s movie. So, good recommendation. That was one we did for John. Shout out to John Sandy. Thank you. There you go. I appreciate it. it. I've, I've been waiting like seven years for that. <laughs> there we go. See? And let's move on to, uh, I, listen, I've said it before, guys. No, what did, you gave it an eight? I gave it an Ocho, the Ocho. Oh, John, by the way, we didn't, we, speaking of Roger Rabbit, we talked about Roger Rabbit at the top of the hour. We talked about it last week. One thing we forgot to mention was when, when Maroon, when R.K. Maroon is, when Eddie Valiant first walks in to the office of R.K. Maroon and R.K. Maroon is watching the, the dailies, um, it's playing the famous background music that you and I like, John. I cannot, uh, even in this age of the internet, no one knows what the name of that song is. 
And I know that it was also yeah. used. It was also used in the closing credits for a movie called Amazon Women on the Moon, which was directed by John Landis. Um, it was like a little compilation spoof movie, like Kentucky Fried Movie. If anyone knows the name of that song, it goes. They used to use it on Channel Thirteen for the cartoons. I remember that. You know what I think it is? Uh, they used to have a company that did like. Uh, Generic canned music, not like Muzak for elevators and doctor's offices, but there was a company and I can't think of the name of it, but if you just needed some background music for a commercial or a cartoon, it was just, you called this place up and it was like generic canned music. And I can't think of the name of it. I'll, I'll see if I can come up with it by next week. And that's, I think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's what it's from. It's like if you watch the Gumby cartoon, they have this sort of generic, wacky background music. And I think you paid this company. They had like just reels and reels of this generic music, like walking down the street music, chasing around of factory music, you know, and it was just like tanned music. It was like uh, you just paid for it like like you would with like elevator like, music. Like, yes, know? like stock photos or something. Yeah, you and I have quoted that but song. I don't, I don't, I don't, there's a... Uh, I don't think there's like an, a composer or anything like that. I don't think it's, you'll ever come up with like a name or anything. Yeah. I want to know what – it's such a weird – this is a fascinating uh, sub – I'll find out for you. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating, fascinating substrata of the entertainment world, uh, whoever did those. But I, I, I wrote a note to myself to bring that up. I forgot. We didn't talk about it, and that's something find, you and I have discussed. I'm going to try to find out. You and I have, have had many diner-like discussions about that particular piece of music and how nobody knows where it is. It just seemingly just appeared – and it's been in a couple of things, and then it just seemingly disappeared. So, I need to talk to I'm someone. Gonna see, I'm gonna uh, for Christmas. I'm gonna try to figure by Christmas. I'm gonna try to figure out who's responsible for that music. If there's a name or an, or a composer or a, what it is, but I'm gonna find out for you. <laughs> what if you find out it was like Leonard Bernstein just doing it on the on wouldn't the side? Just, yeah, wouldn't that just be the, the extra? Good, yeah, that'd be the greatest extra money. Uh, all right, or guys. It's like you know, Miles Davis or something. Yeah, <laughs> let's move on to when Harry met Sally, guys. This is this is my favorite rom com, and you know I'm not a big fan of rom coms, but if they were all like this, I'd watch them all the time. We're gonna go in reverse order. We started with uh, we started with uh, with Justine last time, so let's start with John Sandy this time. John Sandy, because you know John Sandy and Justine are the are the bread. And uh, the the rest of us are just the meat in the love sandwich. So, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. Let's start with let's start let's start with John. John, do you want to be the top loaf or the bottom loaf? The top slice of bread I'll or the bottom. I'll be bottom? the uh, I'll be the mustard. There you go. So, John, let's talk about when Harry met Sally. And but, for, but first, we do that. But before we do that, let's have Patrick give us the breakdown. <laughs> uh, this movie released in 1989. Uh, on July 21st, got a 7.6 on IMDb, 92, no, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a budget of $16 million, uh, gross $93 million worldwide. $93 million bucks. Uh, John? It was a hit. Take it away. Yeah, um, I love it. I like... Uh, Rob Reiner's movies are always great. I like Billy Crystal. I like Meg Ryan. And I had never heard of Nora Ephron before this movie, but she really is amazing. It's her screenplay. And, of course, she goes on to do uh, uh, Sleepless in Seattle and uh, You've Got Mail. 
Mm-hmm. And, but at that point, she becomes not just the writer, but she becomes the director of those movies. That's right. And it was probably because of the success of this one, they said, okay, you know, she probably said, okay, I want to direct the next one, you know. Uh, Rob Reiner. Yeah, I've always liked this one. Robert, Rob Reiner is really good at doing a lot of character stuff, stuff with a lot of dialogue. You know, few good men. Yeah, stuff like that. And I think it might be because of his because uh, his background in TV, maybe. But he knows how to frame the shots yeah. really well. Um, yeah, for sure. All those scenes, you know, and it's a lot of dialogue-heavy scenes, and uh, you really watch. It's really just watching these two characters perform, um, and uh, you know. There's a lot of I was noticing at this time a lot of medium, a lot of really close, you know, like medium shots, you know, you know, two shots, stuff like that. Um, not a lot of in the way of like you know huge backgrounds or anything like that. They always seem to be the focal point of the of the whole uh, the whole shot. Yeah, yeah. He, um, it's I think uh, Billy Crystal's like his best friend. So you know when they were coming up with the script, it was kind of him and Nora Ephron going back and forth about the male point of view versus the female point of view. And um, so when it came time to do it, they got Billy Crystal and Billy Crystal said, I know just how to play this because like Rob Reiner's like his best friend, you know? So he says, if this is coming out of your head, I think I know how to play this. And then he said, he, he pulled a lot of things out. There were obviously him. He says, now you got to let go because a lot of this character is going to be me. Even though you came up with a lot of the, uh, the dialogue mm-hmm. and um so I think that's why it works so well. Plus, they said they just clicked. They, he said him and Meg Ryan, they just had instant chemistry. So it just, uh, you know, the rhythms, the, you know, the dialogue rhythms were just like perfect through the whole movie. Yeah, so she's she's I, very I much out of it. She's very much her own character, and she doesn't really mimic. You know, sometimes in those in those uh, comedy in those, especially in like the screwball comedies, like we were talking about before we started, you you get a lot of the the girl kind of one of the one of them is kind of imitating the other one. And they kind of fall into the same patterns, like speech patterns and stuff. But Meg Ryan remains very much her own character, you know, rooted in her right. own way of speaking. And so does Billy Crystal. Um, you know, they're two very distinct characters. And that's why it's uh, it's fun to watch them kind of interact, especially those early scenes where they're just kind of trying to figure each other out. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, Meg Ryan is so good. And this is really when she really was at this point. This is kind of Meg Ryan at this, you know. The America's sweetheart Meg Ryan for like the next few years, she'd do a lot of movies yeah. like this, and uh, she's perfect in it. She's perfect. She's adorable, and she's smart, and she's funny. And then, but I love all the stuff with her and Carrie Fisher as her best friend. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Fisher uh, yeah. is so good and so the opposite of what she is as Princess Leia. You know, this confident, you know, <laughs> badass woman. And yeah. she is going, I love every time they go, like, she's never, he's never going to get a divorce, is he? No, he's not. I know, you're right. You're right. I know you're right. <laughs> it's so good. She's yeah. so good at that. It's that movie. Yeah. Um, it's kind you of a. You almost sh- want to see more. Uh, you almost want to see more of her and Bruno Kirby. You want to see what they're going through. You know? like, and their wagon I mean, wheel coffee table. Yeah, because those characters are funny too, and you're going, yeah, I could, I could even watch a little more of them, you know. I love one of my favorite scenes is when he's telling about his divorce, and they're doing the the wave. They're at the Giants game, they're at the football <laughs> game, and they're doing the wave. And he's wearing a shirt that says, yeah. "Don't fuck with Mister Zero." You mean Mister Zero knew about your divorce before you did? <laughs> Mister Zero knew. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. you know, and it, a lot of Pretty it is good. a lot of it is very stylized dialogue, but it also feels very real. Those friendships feel yeah. real. 
the friendship between yeah. Bruno Kirby and 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 Billy Crystal feel real. The friendship be, between uh, Meg. Uh, hey, whoa, 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 whoa! The dog doesn't like me. Between Meg Ryan and her friends, and then their dialogue together, it all feels very real, uh, very realistic. Yeah, and, and very. Uh, did you had you seen this in the theater, yeah. John? Yeah, what? I did, and I, I I think it's all down to Nora Ephron. I think the dialogue, you know, is uh, is what really makes it feel real. Mm-hmm. As good as the direction is, I think fifty uh, percent of it is the dialogue. Yeah, mm-hmm. You got to got to hand it to her. And this is because an- if it feels genuine, if it's not falling into cliches, I think she was trying to really not fall into the uh, the rom com cliches. You know, and, and and it's endlessly quotable. It's it's you can quote a bunch of it. I my I've quoted this. My wife and I quote this movie often and um it's easy to do there's a lot of great dialogue in it and a lot of it a lot of it harkens back to it's kind of like an old school romantic movie but with like a with a with a with a modern attitude with like modern dialogue you know yeah uh you could see yeah you could see this is like something that like uh would have come out like you know late 40s early 50s you know you, you could see uh cary grant and uh you know doris day doing something like this but you know the dialogue. Didn't they? Um, the the dialogue's a little more hip. Split screen. I think uh, Pillow Talk did the split screen where they're both in a bathtub. Yeah. And they split the screen like they're sh- they're sharing the bathtub. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of those. So when they're so when they're watching Casablanca and they're in bed and they split the screen, I thought that was a great tip of the hat. I, I thought of ju- I thought of Justine dumb. immediately. I thought mm. of Justine immediately. <laughs> So you're gonna leave. You're gonna leave the best sex you ever had because the guy owns a bar. <laughs> it's like so you're you're gonna you're gonna hang out with Victor Laszlo the rest of your life, and not buggy. And I was waiting for Meg Ryan to see. Have you ever seen him flash a smile with his teeth? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Billy Crystal was was huge at this time, and Billy Crystal's. Funny, and he's a good actor. He he can act. He's a comedian who can act. And um, this is probably, for my money, this is probably the best thing he ever did. You know, it's uh, he's done a lot of funny movies. I mean, City Slickers is great, and uh, Mr. Saturday Night. But I mean, this is the one. I think this is probably his best. You know, his best leading role. Well, he's so good at being just kind of an a hole in the opening scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, look, I read a book. When I buy a book, I read the last page in case I'm dead, in case I die, so I know how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Such an ass. <laughs> uh, and then he spits the grapes on the window. Oh my god, that that makes everyone me remembers that. Yeah, spitting the grape at the closed window. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. then you know who that is in the diner. You know, everybody knows that's Rob Reiner's mom that says, "I'll have what she's." Having, I'll have right? what she's having. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's Rob Reiner's mom. Uh, well, let's see how the uh, let's see what the kids thought, John. Because I know you like this one. Yeah. I know this is a is yeah. a favorite of yours. But uh, let's go with Justine. Justine, had you seen this before? Yes, I have. And do you love it? Yeah, it's a good. It's a film that knows it's a rom com, and the characters have seen a rom com. But mm-hmm. it's it's pretty easy to follow, so it's not so cheesy. That's a great. That's a great way to put it. The, the characters know what a rom com looks like, and they're yeah. kind of trying to avoid those pitfalls too. I never thought of it that way. That's actually a great way to describe it because they're that, just aware of that environment, so it doesn't feel like it's not the same as other rom coms that you see because of that. In my opinion, I, I think you're uh, right, and that kind of fuels that scene when they when they when they want to kiss at New Year's Eve, and they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's very much behind it. Like they know they shouldn't be they shouldn't be doing that. That it's not something that should happen because they're going to ruin a good friendship. Uh, that's a that's a really good way of putting it, Justine. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Um, I like this movie. I like Meg Ryan. Um. I think my phone knew that I was watching the movie because I was on YouTube and it so it showed me a video of Meg Ryan's son with Dennis Quaid. <laughs> and um, he's talking about how he recently got offered a job to be in a rom-com. So he thought, you know what? If I'm going to be in a rom-com, I should watch the greatest rom-com of all that my mom's in because I've never seen it. Oh, wow. Wow. So he watched it. I don't know what year. I think this was last year that. It, well, whenever the boys came out, he was doing an interview for the boys. Okay. Yeah, because he's and, in the. Yeah, he's uh, in the boys. Okay. Yeah, he was doing an interview for the boys, and he said it was the first time he watched it. He knew it was supposed to be the most epic orgasm scene because he's heard about it, but he's just <laughs> never seen it. <laughs> so he said after he watched the movie, he called his mom, and he was just extremely happy for her. He thought she did the best job in the film. <laughs> He thought it was a great movie, so it was, it was cool. Like I was kind of nice watching it again, knowing that. Mm-hmm. Knowing when that, I that too, knowing that he approved but, um, of his mom's orgasm, that's kind yeah. of weird. But yeah, <laughs> that he watched it. <laughs> um, no, but it was. I I like this movie. It's just a nice, typical long relationship that's always fun to watch, and you get to see how much, like how different they get through the years. Mm-hmm. It's very realistic. That's what I like about it. Um, the fights are pretty realistic. I'm sure lots of people fight over wagon wheel table. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when he runs into his ex, it's like, oh, but I, I like this movie. I like it a lot. Um, that, that scene is well, that scene is well directed because he starts out doing the, that pose he strikes when he starts singing Surrey with a fringe on top. He's got his like hands at his side and he's bouncing up and down. <laughs> he's doing yeah. that 50s musical. But then he's like, oh my God, it's Helen. And she's still in the mic on the karaoke machine. Said, Helen? <laughs> Helen? It's like, oh shit. <laughs> um. What is it? It's my voice. I hate my voice. Oh, I love this. There's a lot of great little tiny moments like that. That all feel yeah. real. That all feel real. I was telling someone I was watching this movie, but I screwed up and I said um, I was watching Haley and Sally. And they were like, <laughs> is that a lesbian film? Like they were just asking me like. When Haley met Sally? <laughs> yeah. That's going to be the modern, that's going to be the, modern, uh, that's gonna be the reboot. That's yeah, going to be the reboot. When Haley met Sally. Uh, yep. How old were you when you first came across this movie, Justine? Um... I don't know. Well, definitely DVDs were out because I just noticed it in my parents' collection. I was like, what's when Harry met Sally? And why is, um, I forgot his name, Billy Crystal on it? I don't know Billy Crystal. Like, I didn't know him as that type of a mm-hmm. actor at the time. Yeah. So I was just confused. I'm like, he's a lead and he's suing. <laughs> like, why is Meg Ryan there? And to me, I'm like, at that point, Meg Ryan's just all um, rom-coms, right? Yeah. So I didn't know it was a rom-com film, but um, I was definitely confused, and that's what made me watch it. Then you ended up liking it. Yeah, and then, of course, you hear the whole, um, I'll have what she's having, but I don't know where it's from, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard it before. I just didn't understand it. And then, yeah, I watched the film, and I love it. What? I love seeing them go through the years. The, um, the best part of that <laughs> orgasm scene, the fake orgasm scene, is not that she fakes it. 
it's the look on her face when she's done because she just goes right back to normal and she's like yeah. <laughs> she like starts eating and she's just looking I'm like see it's the best and then his reaction like during when it's time he's like what are you okay you feel okay yeah <laughs> And the look in his eyes, the look in his eyes, like, okay, I know what you're doing, but I can't believe you're doing it here. <laughs> um, uh, that's great, Justine. I'm glad that you uh, you like this one. This is uh, it's a good one. Yeah, uh, I don't think any other movie has done anything like that with the woman's character in a rom com. Um, so kudos to them. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely. One of the all-time great scenes, one of the all-time memorable, scene, memorable scenes in cinema history. When uh, mm-hmm. and it's you can't think of anyone more adorable doing it than Meg Ryan, and I think that's also what kind of because the whole time she's kind of like this, you know, kind of like you know, flighty, you know, it's it just it just shows you that she does have like she's her own woman and she's you know she's a, she, yeah she, she's pretty she's, strong she's very she's strong she's stronger than she thinks she is and she's definitely the strongest of her friends. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of wanted her to be a little bit stronger, but her character was great. I love her character. What I love funny. about it, noticing it this time, is what I love about her character is how much good advice she's giving him. She's being a real friend. And, you know, mm-hmm. she's telling him, Harry, this is going to take some time. You need to, you know, you need to give yourself time and you need to get yourself out there. And she is being, she's, re- she's being a really good friend. And I, I think that's, she's a, it's a very three dimensional relationship because it's not just the romance, they have a real friendship first. So yes, and I love the scene when they both get the call because they just slept together. They're like, "You should come for breakfast." Oh, great! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the relief they have. <laughs> what they both just said—it's just that part is so funny to me. Ah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right, Patrick, how familiar were you with when Harry met Sally? When this? Uh... I'd seen this for the first time last year. Oh, okay, good. And so, w- what was your reaction watching uh, I it again? Some of, like I'd known some of the scenes before, obviously. Like some are just so iconic, you can't not know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a wonderful movie. I was pleasantly surprised the first time I saw it, and watching it again, I just they're both such wonderful, unique characters that it's just so much fun watching them interact with each other. Um, I really, really like their kind of, you know love hate relationship and then they you know that they grow to realize that they love each other and like all of that's just really wonderful yeah and i i i I thought it was a beautiful movie i got no complaints about this one it's a lot of fun and it it is a very for a rom-com there are scenes that literally make me burst out laughing like there's there's just scenes that i like that like it's not like she's not just like a dumb bimbo she actually has intelligence she's a a real person and she's a very three-dimensional person Mm -hmm. yeah and prone to there's moments where she's super confident and then there's moments where she's like you know sitting there crying because she's not in a relationship it's just sitting there (laughs) what 40 (laughs) rob reiner does a wonderful job on the cinematography it's shot beautifully Mm -hmm. it's just you really are drawn in into each moment is really framed very, very well. Yeah, I should I should rescind what I said because he, a lot of it, like I said, the, 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 I was saying earlier that he doesn't do a lot of you know wide, big, wide shots. But when he does, it's beautiful scenery. Like they're walking through Central Park and it's yeah. autumn, and you know he he really captures the feel of of New York in a, in a really beautiful way. Um, so I, I should I should rescind that what I said. But what I meant was he 
you know, there's not a lot of those scenes. It's, it's a, a lot of them just in apartments and interiors and places like that, restaurants and things like that. And, and it works really, really well. Um, but yeah, this, this movie, I mean, there's so many things I want to quote from it um, that, uh, that just make me laugh when he's talking about how she's never had good sex and it's the guy's name. It's Sheldon. <laughs> yeah, Sheldon. Like, come on. You need a root and canal. She like when he realizes that he's in love with her. It's just it's such a beautiful moment too. Yeah, it's like it's, when he finally figures it out and just goes, "Oh, I'm I'm a fucking idiot. Like I really want to be with this girl." Yeah. Uh, let's go to Jake, our boy Jake. Jake, what did you think of uh, when? Had you seen this before? I actually haven't. I've. I feel like I've probably seen little clips here and there, but I've never seen the movie all the way through. And what did you think, my man? What did you think? It's fantastic. Wow. I think this, I think this rom-com has yet the most realistic depiction of a relationship while still keeping it uh, funny and witty and everything you want out of a rom-com. Yeah. 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 This, this for me is the ultimate. It's the, it's the top of the heap. And, uh, um, I mean, you know, they, they hit, they got really close. I like sleepless in Seattle a lot. I'm going to admit that on, on record. I'm going to put that out there. I do like that movie a lot. <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with the same, it's the same kind of dialogue. And what sells me on sleepless in Seattle is if you guys have never seen it, um, the, the two girls are talking about uh, the two women, uh, Tom Hanks is over and, uh, he's visiting a friend and his friend's wife is talking about the movie, um, an affair to remember. And she starts crying and then Tom Hanks and his friends start start mock crying and talking about the Dirty Dozen, and uh, <laughs> they talk about when Trini, when Trini, Lopez, when Trini dies. Lopez dies <laughs> on the roof of the chateau. <laughs> so uh, I always I always have a have a nod. And again, Meg Ryan is in that, and she she's kind of born to play these roles. And it's a it's a shame she's got she got kind of typecast because I think she's a good actress outside of roles like that, but. For me, I think this is probably my favorite uh, movie of hers, and a lot of it is. You're right, Jake. It's because the, it, it's a very realistic performance. Yes. <laughs> Jake, did you laugh out loud? Um. Yeah, absolutely. And did you watch this with Sandy? And did you guys fall in love a little bit more than you were before no. you started the movie? I mean, yes, but no. Oh, Sandy! Didn't, oh, she, she she didn't watch it with you. Did she? Had she seen it before? No, she didn't. No, she did watch it with me. She did not. She did. Oh, and did she enjoy it? Yeah, she loved it. Had she seen it before? No. Um, no. Oh, that's great! And you guys both really liked it. That's awesome. Uh, what well, did you? Well, she loves wrong anyway. So uh-huh. this just it was just that it was just easy for her to enjoy this movie, but. This is like the king of the rom coms. Yeah, I also love rom coms, and would you? I tend, I tend to like some of the not, not the super cheesy, but I like some of the more cheesy ones, like P.S. I Love You. Um, there's another one with another Irish guy. I think I like Irish. I think if I were to go gay, it'd be over an Irish man. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> you know, because you know, because you know, John Sandy's single. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> the conversations burn so fast. Or is it Scottish? Or is it Scottish? <laughs> anyway, that's boy. 
That was a weird sentence. All, Jake's going along, and all of a sudden, you're like, what? <laughs> Nick Ryan, and it just hurt. Chilling, and then all of a sudden, yeah, if I was having to go gay, like, hey. like heard his yeah. thoughts go through his head right I mean, now. at least he's yeah. made decisions, right? Like, he's made choices. Hey, I love yeah. it. Jake's like, did I say that out loud? Did I think that, or did I say it? Contingency. There's nothing to work out with Sandy, okay? Your plan B. Your plan B is going to be Irish. That's great. And plan B is an Irish man, yeah. Hey, at least he, I mean, look, yeah, it's good to have a plan. And I like that you're just out there with it. That's great. That's <laughs> I, I, that's fantastic. Uh, when Sandy hears this show, she's going to go, what was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sandy is Irish. Is she? Well, she's not. She's not. But she looks like she could no. be. She looks like she could be. Um, I forget. Norwegian. She has, the, she has strawberry no. blonde not hair. It's one of like the Scandinavian like countries. Scandinavian, I think. Something mm-hmm. like that. So it's around there. All right. And uh, so yeah, very well done. Just everything, just overall, everything was great about this movie. I, I don't have a single complaint. Where would you place this on your list of rom-coms? Is this like, would, would this go up in the, in the top tier? Yeah. I, yeah, I would say so. It's up there for sure. Beautiful. That's great. That, that warms my heart because this movie is a movie that uh, my wife and I both love. And the soundtrack is fantastic. Like we haven't even talked about the soundtrack yet. Great soundtrack, lots of classic jazz, and Harry Connick Jr. doing this. The is soundtrack. a Mario. This is a Mario soundtrack. Yeah, this is uh, great stuff, man. And uh, and uh, you know, uh, like I said, there's there's a, there's there's nothing not to like in this movie. Um, I can watch this movie anytime. I'll watch it over and over. It's one of my favorite. Not just rom coms. It's a great comedy. I mean, let's let's take the tag off. It's just a funny movie, and. Um, and it's very rare that that the female lead in a comedy gets to do gets to kind of stretch out the way Meg Ryan gets to in this one too. She gets to, you know she has a lot of the dramatic heavy lifting, but they give her all that stuff with Carrie Fisher's. It's really fun for her to bounce off of, so they, it gives her more to do. And I like that you see their lives outside of each other. You know, mm-hmm. you made a girl meow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right, John. The sidekicks are good too. That that's kind of a throwback to when you'd have like Tony Randall and and somebody else in those yeah. old Doris Day movies. You know, you have the- yeah. It's important. It's important that the second bananas are just as they got to be just as good. You know. Yeah, and who would have thought Carrie Fisher would have been able to pull that off? And she's good. She's so good, and she looks nothing like she does in Star Wars. But, uh, you know, still beautiful. And uh, you're thinking, how is this lady not, uh, how is she not settled down, this this girl? But, you know, she's stuck in that thing with with a guy who's married and he's not getting out of it. I don't think he's going to divorce her. Uh, I love... uh I love how they're they're both like now take him down easy you know don't don't like ask her out tonight and then they both just like jump in the cab well see ya <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go I don't feel like walking I'm gonna grab a cab yeah me too <laughs> yeah bye they're like what just happened <laughs> yeah, they get I the- like when he does the toast and they're like yeah if we didn't if we found them remotely attractive <laughs> we wouldn't be <laughs> that's, that's, that's right uh, uh, yeah. Humping and pumping is not Sheldon's game. You need a root canal? He's your man. Income taxes? Sheldon's your guy. <laughs> what about me, Sheldon? What about when you do the white man's overbite? And <laughs> 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 
My friend Lisa is a huge. My friend Lisa can quote this movie like she can do the whole movie from beginning to end. She sent me a birthday text today, and it was a gif of Billy Crystal doing that face. <laughs> and it made me laugh. The white man's overbite. You do the white man's overbite, and then you're... Oh, man. All right. Let's... let's I, I could talk about this movie all day. There's so many great scenes. Uh, shout out to my wife. We love this movie. Uh, all right. Let's talk about it. Let's let's rank it. Justine, when Harry met Sally. Ten. Uh, Patrick? Ten. Jake? Ten. <laughs> John? Uh, give it a nine. Oh, John! Oh! <laughs> oh, John gets his revenge. We almost had it. John finally gets his revenge. He waited. You know he- why? I'll tell you why it doesn't make a ten. And it seems real petty. But every time I see this movie... I see about six scenes that look like they're ripped right out of Annie Hall, right down to the soundtrack. And I just, I always cringe a little. I go, God, I still love it. But there's at least six that are straight out of Annie Hall. The uh, look, the shot, the clothes, the music, the, the premise. And I just go, well, I still like it. But boy, you know, somebody, <laughs> somebody really loved Annie Hall. You know? Hey, let me tell you, what did you tell me the other day when I didn't give a movie a nine? Uh, I didn't give a movie a 10. I forgot why. What was it? What did I just give a 9 to, Justine, in the last couple of weeks? I know, and I went, I went, I went crazy, right? <laughs> I, went, I went ballistic. Yeah, what the was that? The last nine you did was a midnight run. Uh, no. But I don't remember, I don't remember going ballistic on that. Full Metal Jacket. No, it was, huh. it, it was the last couple of weeks. It was the last and few. And I went crazy. I went crazy. Oh, I know. I think it was an Indiana Jones movie. Yes, it was Last Crusade. You gave a nine? It was Last Crusade. Indiana Jones. It was Last Crusade. I I bumped it down, and you were like, what? uh, Why did you bump it down? I forgot. You bumped it down. You didn't give it a nine. You gave it an eight and a half. I gave it 8.5. That's right. But you had some you had some screwy reason, and I went, what? (laughs) You gave it. You knocked it a point for that? (laughs) And you, you just laughed. You're like, hey, 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 how about that? <laughs> well, you got me back, John, because I'm going to give I got you back, I'm going to yeah. give when Harry met Sally a ten. But John, don't think of it as ripping off. Think of it as paying tribute. You mean an homage? An That's homage. Kind of a Woody Allen movie to go. They said it wasn't an homage. No, we just stole the idea outright. <laughs> <laughs> Think of that's, it, Jack. That's out of a Woody Allen movie. Oh, you know. Hey, does Nicole give this a ten? Is this one of her favorites? I, I believe this would be a ten on my wife's on my wife's uh, yeah. on my wife's yeah. uh, scale. But yeah, I, yeah, John, it's okay, man. Like you know, look, we got a nine out of you. <laughs> like like you we're always getting, say, we're still we're still friends. Uh, I'm that one. I'm not so sure about because I want to <laughs> now. I want to go back and give Diner a six. Can we do that? Is that cool? Or no, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> no, Justine. How did you feel about all the Casablanca talk in uh, in When Harry Met Sally? It's whatever. If we she could talk about it. <laughs> I'm okay with it because they're arguing about it. So I'm like, yeah, 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 we're good. It's okay. Like I'm okay. We're not like praising it. But see now you but now, but now you have you have uh, but you have context for that now. You know, Great. it's a touchstone. Think, think about all the movies where they are discussing Casablanca. It's almost like a subgenre. And if, mm. if you watch, uh, if you watch Play It Again, Sam, my God, it opens and, and closes with that shot. You know, so it's like so there you crazy. Go. See, yeah. <laughs> I love it. See, <laughs> it's like see what? 
right. So, so for next week, we have coming up. Uh, what do we have? We have the uh, the Flash Gordon and Whoa. and the Big Red One, which sounds like a porno, but it isn't. Are you sure? Are you sure? It's not a porno. So it's Flesh Gordon and the Big Red One. <laughs> the Big Red One. Um, and then after that, we're going to do... What did I have for the next... Uh, after that, we had Princess Bride and uh, Spinal Tap. Uh, yeah, I have it written down. Hold on. Um, so we got Flash Gordon, the Big Red One, Spinal Tap, Princess Bride, Hollywood Shuffle, and I'm going to get you, sucker, and then we're going to start running through the James Bond. Sounds good. That sounds amazing. Or mm-hmm. if you're trying, if you want to delay the pain on uh, Justine one more week, yeah, we why had are that we eight- pushing it so close to Christmas? Well, no, it's okay. We had- it's okay. a Christmas present. Yeah, so, Mario, happy- you, mm-hmm. you, had, um, you had eight men out. If you can find a Another movie to pair with that, we can we can give Justine another week of uh, not watching. How about fun. how about Major League or uh, or um, or Bull Durham? Those are good baseball movies. Didn't we already watch those? Yep. Yes. <laughs> I know. We'll watch the Babe Ruth story with John Goodman. There you go. Uh, the Babe. No, uh, yeah. For so for next week, and then I'll figure out the rest. We'll figure out the schedule. We're probably not going to do. We might bump. Let's do, let's do this. Oh, you wanted to watch, uh, didn't you want to watch Die Hard 2 for Christmas? We are going to try to work that in for Christmas time. And then we could throw eight men out with that because that's the only way it'll work. Eight men out will be like a bonus. Oh. It doesn't take place at Christmas, but it'll be a Christmas bonus. So it'll work out. There, there you go. I love it. Crickets. Next week is uh, Flash Gordon and the Big Red One. All right. Whoa. I love you guys. Nice. What a Happy great birthday. show. Happy birthday, Mario. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I'm going to go we eat. All, we all love you, we think. I'm gonna, <laughs> not all of you. What was that? Not all of you. I think. One of you undercut uh, when Harry met Sally, but that's okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And one of us has to watch more James Bond movies. Well, just because John yeah, did that, I might I might put hook on the on the menu for the early nineties. Yeah. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> no. That's boy, that's spiteful. That's like cutting off your own arm. <laughs> yeah, you know? like, I'm taking us all down. Not a fucking Christmas present. <laughs> I'll kill us all, I swear to God. Um, you know what? So excited if, for if we ever have I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. If you ever really make us watch Hook, I'm just gonna drink like a bottle of Jägermeister through the whole movie. <laughs> oh my like a whole bottle, a complete bottle. Well, what I would want to do is, you well, know what? I think it's a Christmas film because it has it's Christmas time in that film. So. Yeah, you know what? You're right. It's oh, a Christmas God, movie. God. Jake's all yeah. Hey, it's Christmas time in a lot of movies, and we we should have watched Diner and When Harry Met Sally at Christmas time because those were Christmas movies. Yep, that's right. God, how did you like that? All that Christmas music, like Chuck Berry doing Run Run Rudolph, yeah. and. Uh, Great Merry stuff. Christmas baby and yeah. Oh, what a soundtrack. I love it. Hmm. Guys, hmm. what a great show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Always a, always a knockout. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but... What a great show. What a, <laughs> I could not... Everybody. This is my birthday party we're having right now, so, I mean, it's a COVID birthday, so this is it. This is my party. Yeah. Mario, I'll, get well soon. And I'll cry if I want to. You would cry, too. If it happened to you. Da, 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 next week. Da. Next week, the Leslie Gore story. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? Beautiful. Are you kidding me? I'd rather watch Hook. <laughs> Whatever happened to Leslie Gore? Uh, well, I think she passed away just a couple of years ago. Was that it? Was that her big hit? Was that the only one? Did she have more? Was there more of a career um, there, John? She, uh, she had a lot of hits, but they're all—they all pretty much sound like that song, you know. Yeah. What was the one that jo- uh, Joan Jett covered? Uh, you don't own me. She did. She had a lot of. Hits. Oh, that's a—that's actually a really good song. That is a really good song. You know, you've seen the—you've seen the Tammy show. She was on that thing. That's right. You know, uh, it's it's crazy. You know, I don't particularly care for her music, but there she is alongside James Brown and the Rolling Stones. You know, it's like crazy. she must have had some hits. You know, don't tell me what to say and don't tell me what to do. How's that? <laughs> uh, my, my, my buddy Pat thinks she's the greatest. And I'm just all really. <laughs> that's, that's Pat, who also likes Madonna, but hates Louis Prima. Right. Is that? Same pet, <laughs> right? Yeah, and we're never gonna let them. We're never gonna let them forget. You gotta let them. You gotta <laughs> remind people of where they're where they're coming from. You know, let That's them. Right. Let them know. Let don't them like know. Louis Prima. How do you not like Louis Prima? Yeah. I know. I don't. That's crazy. I don't listen to clowns. Louis, I always remember that. When when you make out, you listen to Louis Prima, or do you listen to Gene Krupa? <laughs> I listen to Louis Armstrong. <laughs> there you go. There How you about go. that, huh? Uh, Is it? Uh, Anita O'Day or Ella Fitzgerald? I listen to Leslie Gore when I'm making out. Don't tell me what to say. Don't tell me what to do. I listen to Skeeter Davis. That's who I listen to. Why does the sun keep on shining? How about that? I'm in a mood. Name a song. I'll sing it. I got 10 minutes. We got 10 minutes to kill. I'll do it. All right. Who do you who do you make out to? Ministry or Nine Inch Nails? Uh, skinny Puppy, Skinny Puppy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shout out to Sanjay Patel for the Skinny Puppy reference. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else? Uh, Justine, who do you make out to? Justine, who do you make out to? Beyonce or the Spice Girls? The Spice Girls, because two become one. Wow. <laughs> Holy Moses. Uh, is that true? <laughs> Patrick, have you ever made out to the Spice Girls with Justine? No comment. Wow. that's that. Uh, hey, that it's, that it's true. There you go. <laughs> Jake, who do you, who do you um, make out to? Pentatonics or... Pentatonics. Um, or There's no other answer. It's just Pentatonics. Or the Andrews sisters. Do you really? I Manhattan could see tra- Manhattan Trans. That's the, or- that's who I couldn't. I couldn't think of Manhattan. Do you make out to Oingo Boingo or uh, Pentatonics? Oingo Boingo. Do you make out to Do you make out to Danny Elfman's solo or or Ed Sheeran? Uh, John, do you make out to uh, Gene Vincent or Eddie Cochran? Roxy music. Wow. Uh, Justine, do you, do you make out to P- 
Prince or David Bowie? Uh, none of the above. What? Mario. Yes. Oh, do, you, do you make out to Counting Crows or Hootie and the Blowfish? Oh, uh, I make out to uh, Blues Traveler. <laughs> if, you're, if you're giving me crappy early or late 90s, early 2000s bands, then that's where I'm going to go. All right. I make out to everybody on the American Pie soundtrack. That's who I make out to. Uh, Jesus. God, that is the that is the low point of music right there. That the, every band that's mm. on that soundtrack. Um, guys, what a great show we did. Great show. You you bet. All for your birthday, buddy. All right, thanks, man. I appreciate you guys, uh, John. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we'll see you again. Thanks again for those gifts. Patrick, Justine, always lovely to have you. Jake, just take care of those cats, man. Jake is slowly becoming a, a cat farm out there. Uh, how many cats do you have right now? Too many. I saw that you guys were, uh, you had two cats fighting on a shelf high above the television. They were kind of batting at each other. Were you laying odds on either? Were there, were there, was there money changing hands over to which cat would be toppled off of that? No, but that's a great idea for next time. Yeah, do they knock each other off? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Not I was, usually. I was worried because they're going to land right on that TV. I'm not worried about the cats. The cats will survive, but they're going to land on that TV. Then you can't do the digital movie club. No, that's just... like uh, bum fights, right? Bum fight where <laughs> you got to lay odds. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Uh, John and I know a girl who said uh, used to say, "I'm on it like a bum on a bologna sandwich." I never forgot that. Um, I remember. Yeah, that was Patty Mayado. Right? That's right. That's right. That's right, man. A bum on a bologna sandwich. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else are you supposed to do with bologna? Oh man, I, I love that. Like a bum on a bologna sandwich. They were on it. <laughs> Oh, the things you remember when you get to be our age, huh, John? It's gonna no more looking back. That's got to be like that's got to be like thirty years ago. Jeez, Louise, when Harry met Sally. Oh, I was gonna tell a story real quick about when Harry met Sally. You know, it's funny you take movies out of context sometimes because movies happen in their own. Movies happen in a movie timeline, and you don't always think of what's going on in the world. But I was watching a replay because I've all I've been doing for the last two weeks is watching Dodger highlights and. um I was watching a documentary about the 1988 World Series, and they had an interview with Rob Reiner, who's a huge Dodgers fan, and he was saying that he had just finished shooting when Harry met Sally when that when the 88 World Series took place, or he was working on it, and he had met his wife on the movie, and uh, wow. and they were at his house watching uh, game one, and they got so caught up it was the Kirk Gibson home run, they got ca- so caught up in it that they they skipped hanging out with they were supposed to hang out with Bruno Kirby and Billy Crystal that night and they ended up canceling because they got so into the game and then they ended up having sex afterwards. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, Robert, but that. you don't think about that. It's like, oh, 88 World Series and then when Harry met Sally is like, you know, that around that time it's like, wow, they were working on, you know, while those films were being shot, while that film was being shot, the the 88 World Series was taking place and it's, you know, Kind of yeah. the movie takes place in a vacuum, but you know you, you don't think about things like that. But I just thought that was interesting that he that he um, he was work. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, dog, we're finishing. What's the dog's name? Ollie, Augie, uh, Oopy. What's the dog's name? 
Obi. Obi. Obi Wan. Oopy. No, it's Oopy. Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Obi Wan. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Audience, you will go to Akaba. <laughs> All right. Our, over the years, our, our Alec Dennis sounds more and more drunk. Yeah. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. I have not gone by the name of Obi-Wan since long before <laughs> you were born. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Katie Sackoff, who was on the uh, on the Mandalorian. That's right. Battlestar and Star Wars are now one. All right, you guys. I love you. Thanks for all the birthday wishes. Right back at We'll see you guys next week. We have a great show planned. We're going to watch Flash Gordon and the Big Red One, and we'll be back with more with more hijinks. It'll be, we'll be right close to Thanksgiving next week. So uh, Patrick might not be here, but we'll, we'll see if we can work our schedule around him to make sure that he's here because we, you know, we, we're all, in, I need every one member of this family. You got to yell at somebody. Yeah, exactly. It's no fun yelling at Jake. He just mutes us till it's time to talk. So that's no fun. Huh? Exactly. You can only make him cry so many times before you start to feel bad. (laughs) All right, guys. For Patrick, for Jake, for Justine, for John Sandy, we say this transmission ends now. Fight to power.